Let's pray as we, as we go before the Lord. Jesus, you taught us how to pray. You taught us to pray to the Father. And, and as you ended that prayer, you, you said, Lord God, that we should pray to the Father and say, Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And Lord, we say tonight, Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. We say all glory to you, Lord God. And Lord, we say whatever good things, great things we, we have or have done, Lord, we say all glory to you. Lord, we know that all the glory of arts and science and technology and armies and financial power, Lord God, it's all glory to you. Lord, as we consider nature and its wonder and its beauty, it, it too points at you, Lord God, and it glorifies you. And Lord, the, the very universe, Lord God, the stars and the galaxies, the entire universe, Lord, it, it shouts your glory. Lord, we know that medieval scholars spoke of the great dance of every single thing being weaved together to glorify you. And so we pray tonight, Lord, receive the glory. Receive the honor through our lives, Lord God. May we not be pursuing a life for our own honor, for our own glory, but may we be pursuing a life that above all glorifies you. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. So welcome, and if you are here for the first or second time, just to say we are on a sermon series on the life of Joseph, and uh, I haven't been at the Hub the last two weeks, but I believe it's been amazing. And, uh, you know, if you consider the life of Joseph, he started as a dreamer. And may we ever be people who dream big. May we ever be people who have got big spiritual dreams for our lives and to see God's kingdom come. That we would be praying and we'd be living in such a way that we are saying, thy kingdom come, thou will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that your heart is full of dreams. And that was really the first week. And, and second week was about process. Any of you feel like you're in process? <laughs> that you're going through something and the encouragement is to just keep going, to never give up, to become that man, that woman that God intends you to be. And if you are going through a process, we are here for you, but above all, the Holy Spirit is there for you to strengthen you, to stand by you, to be there for you. And... Um, so we looked at the prince in preparation, or princess, the prince or princess in process, and today we look at the prince in power. What happens when you get the promotion? What happens when you come into influence? What happens when you've got the finances? What is your response? And we're looking at the life of Joseph, and we're also looking at a scripture in Romans chapter 11 that I'm going to hold together with Genesis, and it's, for from him and through him. And to him are all things. To him be glory forever. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. And we're going to look tonight at the from him. We're going to look at the through him. And we're going to look at the to him. The from him is talking about everything that God just blesses us with. The gifts and the talents and the power and the might. And the through him is the partnership that we do with God. And the to him is the glory that we are called to bring to God 
in everything that we do, in all that we are. We don't apologize that we read Scripture. I'm going to read four slides. I don't make any apology for it. The early church would devote themselves to the public reading of Scripture, and uh, we want to be like the early church. Amen. In most ways. <laughs> now, the context we pick up in Genesis 49 is that, again, Joseph is in the pit. Again, he's in, or in prison, rather. Remember, he was... Um, thrown a curveball and, and betrayed, as it were, by his brothers, ended in Potiphar's house. Then Potiphar's wife tries her number on him, and he resists, and uh, unjustly put into jail. And then he prophesies or reveals the dream to the butler and the baker, and they say, when we get back to Pharaoh, we'll remember you. And they don't remember him. So from that point of them not remembering him, it says, after two whole years, so he's just been in jail this whole time, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile, and behold, there came out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up after the Nile after them, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly, thin cows ate up the seven attractive, plump cows. And Pharaoh awoke, and he fell asleep, and he dreamed a second time. And now he dreams that whole one about the, 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 the heads and uh, the grain and how beautiful, seven beautiful ones and then seven ugly ones. And again, the ugly ones eat the beautiful ones. And then it says, so in the morning his spirit was troubled and he sent for and called for all the magicians and the wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. This is the truth. The world will always come to the end of itself where they do not have the answers, where they do not have the solutions, they're not the wisest of men, nor the magicians will be able to give the answer that the world needs. And yet God has entrusted that answer to us. So then the butler says, wait, there was a guy, and he could interpret dreams. And then it says, then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. Men always have a suit ready. That's just like extra to this. <laughs> always be ready, you know. When your promotion comes, don't be like one day, you know. Just be ready for your promotion. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream, and there's none who can interpret it. I've heard it said that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh. And this could be a, the moment where he just took all the glory. This could be the moment where he made it all about him. And note what he says. He says, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Just so powerful. His humility, and more than that, his God-honoringness. He just points towards God. And all through Joseph's life, he points towards the Lord. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them... There will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. And he gives him more instructions. Gather up all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. That food shall be reserved for the land against the seven years of famine that are about to occur in the land of Egypt so that the land may not perish 
through the famine. God in his mercy is revealing what's coming. And God in his mercy is giving instructions to Pharaoh for this nation who don't know him. This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? You know, a number of years ago, there was a listed company that was hiring interns. And they happened to hire a number of interns from this church. And uh, when the, the guys had finished the intern program, they approached us again and said, could we have some more of those kind of people? <laughs> May it be that we are like that, that the Spirit of God is so upon us. There's such an excellence. Could we have more of you, please? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there's none so discerning and as wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring, which is like encryption card for those days, you know, with a, with a football like the president's got, and put it in Joseph's hands, clothed him in garments of fine linen, put on a gold chain about his neck, and he made him ride in his second chariot. And they called out before him, by the knee. Thus they set him over all the land of Egypt. Do you know God wants to promote you? Do you know God wants to prosper you? Do you know God wants to bring you into a position of influence and effectiveness? God wants to raise you up, not for your glory, but that you would become a vessel of honor. That you would be like a Joseph in the land. That he would promote you into a place of princedom, if that's the right word, that you could bring him glory. This is the intent of God. And the first point I want to talk about is that it is from him. It is a gift of God. Genesis 41, he says, it is not me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Genesis 39 points to that it's God doing it and not him. And Genesis 50 Verse 19, he says, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? What does this mean? When we say from him, your peace, your health, your good family, your good relationships, your job, your finances, the opportunities that you have, everything that is wonderful, everything that is great, your strength, your power, your gifts, your talents, they're from God. And we do well to recognize that. Everything that you have is from God. Now, what's the consequence of this? Well, God has an inexhaustible supply. There is no lack in God. So this is an invitation to seek God for more. Because it's from God. It's an invitation to ask him for more. You know, all believers are loved equally. Would you agree on that? That God loves all believers the same. But have you noticed that some believers seem to get more as they press into God? Now, I understand we all got different lives and different talents, but I'm talking about stuff that is received from God through us pressing in. John was described as the beloved disciple, the Apostle John. 
But remember, it was John who was leaning, reclining against Jesus' shoulder, or his chest, as it, as it says. He was pressing into Joseph. Sorry, he was pressing into Jesus. There is more, but will you press in? Will you ask and keep asking? He who asks and keep asking, keeps, keeps on asking, receives. He who knocks and keeps on knocking, they receive. God answers us according to our pressing in. God answers us according to our faith. God answers us according to our asking. You know, Cain and Abel both made sacrifices, but Abel's was accepted. Why? Because he gave it with a whole heart. Jeremiah 29 verse 13. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your, with all your heart. We are invited to seek for more. We're invited to seek for more miracles, more favor. We're invited to press in. You know, when I was a very junior article clerk, I was second year, and um, I really wanted to bring God glory in my workspace. And I wasn't the smartest, and I wasn't the best worker. And these guys, I had this amazing cohort in my year. Who've, these guys have gone on to do incredible things. And... Um, I just couldn't compete with them. But I wanted to shine for Jesus. And so I prayed, Lord, favor me. Lord, bless me. I was working at the unmentionable firm of Arthur Anderson. It used to be like a Deloitte's, but Enron collapsed it. That's a whole other story. It was a great company in the day. But I prayed to God. I said, Lord, give me favor. And you know, I wouldn't work the 16, 18-hour days. I'd be like, I'm going to connect group now. You know, they were like, look at me. Like, what's your... What's your you know, I'd say, I'll go to connect group, I'll come back later. But I wasn't, I wasn't the best. And um, at the end of my second year, they had a national um, banquet. And uh, everybody was blown away. Because when it came to the Employee of the Year Award, I won the National Employee of the Year Award. But let me tell you how, let me tell you how. From going to Connect Group, that's what's... <laughs> out of the blue, I could never have orchestrated, out of the blue, a friend of mine said, look, I'm in this big listed company and we're looking for a new auditor and you always speak well of your firm, could you come in? So here's a little second year, I secured this massive audit client um, and went on, they made so much money out of them and they gave me a briefcase, they should have given me cash for that. <laughs> but the point was... The point was, it was from God. It was from God. And there's an invitation to each of us to seek and to ask God for more, to not just stay where we are. Another situation, when I started my company, we'd been going for about four years, five years. I remember the day I was walking through Eastgate Shopping Center, and all of a sudden I get a call from the financial director of South African Breweries. I mean, I didn't know he knew me. I knew him, obviously, you know. And this is when South African breweries owned, like, everything. I mean, they owned ABI and hotels and furniture and all kinds of things. Before they became the global brewing company, they were just this massive South African conglomerate. And um, to cut a short story very short, um, they gave me a company for one rand. I mean, they just, I know, you're like, what? <laughs> they gave us a company for one rand, which 
doubled the size. I mean, they gave me a company the size of my existing company. We were about 10 um, CAs, 15 staff altogether. And they gave us a company. They're just like, we don't want to look after this thing. We're divesting. We're focusing. Please, will you take over this company? And, I mean, it was clean. I mean, we, it was such a blessing. These things don't happen because we're smart or because we're amazing. They happen because God is good. And I say it to the glory of God, and I say to you that you would say, Lord, do it for me too. Favor me in my family. Favor me in my marriage. Favor me in my finances. Favor me in my career. Will you trust God, and will you ask for more? There's an invitation for more. And that's what Joseph experienced. You know, I think Joseph, because like he was a favored son, he had like a, a confidence, you know. My father, Jacob, a.k.a. Israel, he was always nice to me. I think he had something in him like, I'm God's favorite. And I think he had that ability to trust and, and to ask. The second thing is that thanksgiving and honor should follow naturally. There should just be an overwhelmingness, overwhelming gratitude in your heart towards God. Even if you don't have the campaign, even if you don't have the job, but that you have a relationship with the Lord, that your sins are forgiven, that you're in this amazing church, <laughs> that God has come into your life. There should be a deep gratitude and deep thankfulness. Now, in raising our sons, and we're not like this at all anymore, but um, you can imagine raising boys where you want to teach them to say thank you, but you want them to say it from their heart. You know? So, must I say it if I mean it? Well, we're, not <laughs> we're trying to train you. Imagine in marriage, you know, um, must I kiss you? Well, that kind of takes the magic out of it, you know. <laughs> Do I have to kiss you? Well, just forget about it, you know. <laughs> so do you have to be thankful to the Lord? I mean, if that's your starting premise, then you, <laughs> then you don't have the revelation of God's goodness. Then you don't have the revelation. But I pray that you will get it that you would recognize what God has done for you. And that when you wake up in the morning, you would just be saying, thank you, Lord. You'd be singing in the shower. You'd be praising him. You would see him. And as you go to bed at night, you'd be singing his praises. As you are like Joseph, that you recognize everything is from him, that it becomes the natural response of our heart. Through him, talks about a partnership how many of you would like to be in partnership with Patrice Motsepe? Elon Musk? Richard Branson? How would you like to have an exclusive partnership with uh, KPMG? No, Deloitte. <laughs> How many of you would like to have a partnership with Apple? Google? Facebook? Friends, when we talk about through him, we're talking about us being in partnership with God. It's talking about us being in partnership with a far better partner than any partner on this earth. That we get to live and move and work and operate with him as our senior past, partner. Now, have you ever been in a great partnership? Um, sometimes with Nicola and I, I mean, I can't, I don't remember where, she began and we are ended in terms of raising our boys. You know, I, mean, I don't know. You know, it's just, it, it all happened. With, uh, say, Pastor Simon, I mean, over the years, him and I have done interventions. We've gone to churches and apostolically went to fix things. 
I, mean, I can't say, you know, that was mine and that was his. I mean, just, it just starts to sink seamlessly. The adventure that God wants to invite you on is to partner with him. And you just working hard and you doing things to his glory and he's backing you up. And it's just this wonderful thing of seeing the kingdom come and the kingdom advance as you do what you're called to do and God just works in and through you. Now, this is what happened to Joseph. God used him to bring kingdom provision to save what was millions of lives in those days. God used him to bring kingdom reconciliation between these murderous brothers of his. God used him, reconciliation to him, but also reconciliation to the Father. God used him to bring kingdom creativity. You know, it was through Joseph that Egypt went into its golden age. We can study the history. You know, the pyramids and just, just the, the, the orchestration, the architecture, the, the dams, the canals that Joseph brought into place. Unbelievable. And God used Joseph to bring kingdom order and solutions. He reordered that whole society. But it's not just Joseph. It's you and I. As God promotes you to whatever level of promotion, this is what he has called us to do, to bring kingdom creativity to bring kingdom solutions, to bring kingdom provision, to make lots of money. God gives, so, gives many of you the power to create wealth so that the kingdom might advance. talks in Scripture about God giving us the knowledge of witty inventions that we'd come up with creativity. This is what God has for us. This is what through Him is talking about. Another aspect of, of through Him is that we are called to touch many lives. I love this in Genesis 50, verse 20, 21. Jehovah is speaking, and He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Now, whether it's saving in the natural or saving spiritually, you are called to save many lives. When I was a real junior in employment, I felt the pressure that I was too junior to share the gospel, and I'd offend my supervisors. And when I got into, like, middle management, then... You know, it was like, I'm, I'm, I'm beholden above and, and below. So you feel a pressure not to share the gospel. And when I was director of listed companies, then you feel even more, you know, now you've got all these employees. So it's a devilish scheme to stop you sharing no matter where you are. <laughs> so you know what you do? You just shine Jesus wherever you are. And you cry for him for wisdom. And you cry to him for courage. And you trust God that many lives would be saved. Now, a framework for you, which I've used in in making decisions, because through him also talks about sometimes you, you're not going to be getting these downloads automatically. You know, it's not going to be like, uh, as you wake up in the morning, God says, the blue toothbrush, not the red toothbrush. You know? There's going to be a lot of things that it might be day after day, week after week, where you are just applying biblical wisdom. And I want to give you a biblical framework that, that I've used, and it's from James chapter 4, which talks about two kinds of wisdom. It says, who is wise and understanding amongst you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but it is earthly and spiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Now, when I read this next verse to you, I want you to think both of the, the initiation or the motivation 
I want you to think of the process, and I want you to think of the outcome. Because if both the motivation, the process, and the outcome fulfills these criteria, then it's full of wisdom. So is the motivation, process, and outcome pure? Is it peaceable? Is it gentle? Is it open to reason? Is it full of mercy and good fruit? Is it impartial and sincere? So as you partner with God, and God's not telling you day by day what to do, apply James chapter 4 and use that as a template. Use that as a framework for your life. Word of God makes it very clear that if we call out for insight, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 4 to 6, and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek for it like silver and search for it like treasure, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. Cry out for wisdom. And then live your life full of wisdom. God doesn't want you to make stupid mistakes. But his word is full of wisdom. And as you apply it, you will go through life being blessed. Because you're living your life full of wisdom. And lastly, Joseph lived to the glory of God. He didn't live for his ambition. He lived for him. The word of God makes it very clear. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Answer me this, please. What you are busy doing, can you do it for his glory? That thing that you're doing, can I do this for his glory? The things that you're involved in, the business, the social life, can you do these things for his glory? Let me build on that. Do you love the thought that you exist to make God look glorious? I mean, God is glorious. But do you love that thought that you exist for the glory of God? Do you love that thought? Are you all sold out or are you like, what? Couldn't it be 50-50? You know? <laughs> your glory, my glory, you know, your success, my success, I scratch your, you know. Do you love the thought that you exist to make God look glorious? Do you love the thought that all creation exists to display the glory of God? All of creation exists to display, to shine forth the glory of God. Do you love the truth that all of history, all of it, every tribe, every tongue, everything, is designed by God to one day be a completed canvas that displays in the best possible way the greatness and the beauty of God. And I'm not talking about terrible things that have been done by terrible people, but I'm talking about there's going to be a canvas one day and it's just going to shine forth the glory of God, what he has orchestrated. Do you love that? Do you love the fact that your salvation is meant to put the glory of God's grace on display? That you deserve nothing I deserve nothing. Because of our sins, we deserve destruction. But he has come, he sent his son, and now he receives glory because of that. And we have eternal life. And lastly, do you love the truth that you personally exist 
to make God look like what He really is. Glorious. So if God has promoted you, if you feel like a prince, if you feel like you're in the palace, or somewhat, understand you are there for the glory of God. You are there to honor Him. Now that doesn't mean that at the bottom of every letter that you sign, love Jesus, or... You know, to the glory of God. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that first and foremost, you recognize that it's from God and not from you. It talks in Proverbs that a man is tested by the praise that he receives. A man is tested. You know? As you receive praise, I mean, you can say thank you. But maybe you can also say, you know, last night as I was doing this spreadsheet um, and I was stuck, I prayed and God just showed me. There are ways by which we can glorify God in everything. It takes thoughtfulness, it takes prayer, but we are called to glorify Him and not take glory for ourselves. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. From Him, through Him, in wisdom, you are called to bring provision. You're called to bring reconciliation. You're called to bring creativity. You're called to bring order and solutions. And you are called to seek the glory of God in all that you do. When's a good time to start? It's today. <laughs> Too many people live their lives judging everybody else, everybody else by their actions. But as for me, judge me by my intentions. <laughs> Ultimately, what you do is who you are. I get it in the short term. Maybe you need victory weekend or something, or victory weekend twice or three times. I get it. But ultimately, if Jesus has come into your life and the word of God has come into your heart, there's going to be a transformation that is unstoppable and you will be changed from the inside out. Will you be faithful with what you might consider to be very little because God will trust you with much. Everything is from Him. Everything is meant to be through Him. And ultimately, everything is to Him. Can we bow our heads in prayer together? Father, we thank You for Your love and for Your mercy and your kindness to us. Lord, I just consider the absolute mess of my life before you came in, before you cleansed me and began, began to transform me. Lord, we are so grateful. Lord, we, we recognize so much is just from you. It's just a free gift in your mercy and in your grace. And Father, I pray for those that are here tonight that just are on the outside and, they, and they're looking in and they, they want relationship with you and they want peace and they want life but they're on the outside and I pray draw them right now and touch them right now and I want to make an invitation today the invitation is to put your trust in Jesus the invitation is to is to acknowledge before man, and I'm not going to embarrass you, but 
but before man, because the word of God says that if we confess him before men, he will confess us before the Father. Invitation is to confess before man to say, I want Jesus. I choose you. I choose you, Lord. You know, you don't, you don't clean up your act first because you can't. You can't break the power of that sin, that lust, that pain, that anger, that brokenness. You can't do it. But as you ask Jesus in, like a seed it comes in and you are transformed day after day. So if you're here and you are wanting to come in, you're wanting to take your hand off the steering wheel and give it to Jesus and say, Lord, I surrender. I'm going to ask that you lift up your hand so I can pray for you. If that's you, God bless you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? Church, could we all stand together? There's about four or five hands lifted up. I would love to lay hands on you. I'd love just to put my hand on you and, and pray a quick prayer. If you wouldn't mind, won't you please come to the front? Doesn't mean you're joining this church or I'm not going to make you take the mic. But if you lifted up your hand, I'd love to pray for you. Won't you please come to the front? You know, walking in humility is the greatest thing we can ever do. Walking in humility is greatness. And by you coming forward, like we've all done, like we've all done, you're saying, I want Jesus. And you know, God, God runs back at you. You know, you walk towards him. He's the father, the prodigal son, and he's running towards you. And his heart is one of love and grace and acceptance. And it doesn't matter the mess of your life. Or if you're just saying, Lord, I want to be all in. It doesn't matter. He runs towards you. So once you pray this prayer loud, just speak loud. And church, join with them and support them. Lord Jesus, I repent. I turn from doing it my way. And I choose to follow after you. Come into my life. Change me. I declare that you are my Savior. And I declare that you are my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. We pray for these people now. Lord God, we lay hands on them. And we pray never the same, Lord God. Never the same. But from today, Lord God, experiencing the joy and the peace and the Zoe life that comes from you. Lord, we contend for their destinies, their purpose, Lord God. Lord, we pray never the same, Lord God. But Lord, from today and going forward, you would add them into the body, Lord God. Above all, that they would experience, Lord God, what it is to walk with you. Lord, unchained and unfettered. Lord, whole and set free. We ask this and we agree on it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you.